0: Welcome to Mill Creek Church in Belleville, Texas, where our worship service is in progress. Today, Pastor Monty Bird continues with his sermon series on the book of Romans. And now, Pastor Bird.
1: Join me in prayer, please. Father, as we continue our study of Romans, I just pray that you would open up our hearts and our minds to your wonderful truth. I pray, Lord, that we would take Your Word and that we would rest in it and that we would use it and apply it to our daily lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me first say before we begin our study, in our focal passage this morning, Paul points out that God uses people to present His Word and His gospel. And in other Pauline texts, we are told that we are ambassadors for Christ. He also states that we are the body of Christ. And so God today still uses us to present his gospel to a lost and dying world. And Paul outlined those steps and John Stott summed it up this way. Christ sends heralds, heralds preach, people hear, hearers believe, believers call, and those who are called are saved. It's a presentation of the gospel so that people can come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But they don't all believe, do they? Everybody that we present the gospel, if you've ever if you've ever done door-to-door evangelism or gone on a mission trip and done evangelism on the mission trip you'll soon find out that it is the minority in most cases that believe in fact Paul tells us this in Romans 10:16 but they have not all obeyed the gospel He's referring to the Hebrews here, but we can also use that in our own personal experience as we present the word to people. They don't all believe the gospel. No matter how hard we try, no matter what type of technique that we use, The church has to understand that not every person is going to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And this leads us to our focal passage this morning as we continue to progress in Romans 10, as we study the rejection of Christ by Israel. And let me say this before we get started. This is a group of Scripture that I think it would be highly helpful if you opened up your Bible to the passage because I think it makes sense if you see the passage as we work through it. Romans ten sixteen is the start of our focal passage, but they have not all obeyed the gospel for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, indeed, their sound has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the earth. But I say, did Israel not know? For Moses says, I will provoke you to jealousy by those who are not a nation. I will move you to anger by a foolish nation. But Isaiah is very bold and says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I was made manifest to those who did not ask me. But to Israel, he says, all day long, I have stretched out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. Here in our focal passage this morning, Paul points out why Israel Did not believe. And let me first say before we begin our study. That it says in our passage that we hear the word of the Lord. We hear the word of the Lord. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of the Lord. It may be presented audibly. It may be presented visually in text. But if you think back at your own salvation experience, we all come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ with the presentation of the gospel. It may have been presented to you by a family member, by a friend, by a pastor, but we all come to a saving knowledge through the presentation of the gospel. Faith comes by hearing in hearing by The Word of God. I think it's also worth pointing out quickly that it's the Spirit that does the work. After the Word is read, it's the Spirit that works. It's the Spirit that calls. There's some people who think, well, I can, you know, say this. And this will be the magic words that get someone to accept the Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't work that way. It's by the Spirit. And so if you're scared about sharing your faith and you think, well, man, I'm going to stumble over myself and and trip and I'm going to say something stupid. God uses the Word to save people. He doesn't use eloquence. Thank God (laughs) He does not use eloquence. He uses the Word. Now, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the first question, did Israel hear the gospel? Did they hear the gospel? Well, look at verse 18. It says, but I say, have they not heard? Paul poses the question. He goes, yes, indeed. And then he quotes Psalm 19. Their sound has gone out to all the earth and their words to all the ends of the earth. And I think it's worth our understanding to look at Psalm 19 and look at those verses in a little bit more detail and expand them out to verses 1 through 4 of Psalm 19. Psalm 19, 1 through 4, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims His handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words, whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the earth. What's he referring to there? Well, think about it. And you can see this A lot of times when there's a wonderful moon, or you see the Milky Way, or you see an eclipse, everybody sees it. Everybody sees it. And when you think about what Paul is trying to convey here, is he's trying to convey by comparing the universality of God's creation... We all see God's creation, don't we? What he's doing here is is he's pointing out the universality of the Jewish people hearing the gospel. As he looks at the Hebrew nation, what he's saying is is that God chose the Israelites to display his power. And you can see this with Exodus. Did they all cross over the Red Sea? Yeah, they universally saw the power of God. They universally saw the cloud by day and the pillar by night. They universally looked up on Mount Sinai and saw God giving the Ten Commandments shrouded in the cloud. They saw the cloud. They saw the lightning. They heard the thunder. They saw all of that. They saw the manna. They saw the quail. They saw all of God's power displayed. His power was displayed in the law. His power was displayed in the prophets. They universally saw it. Well, what would be the next logical question? If they saw it, if they heard it universally, well, maybe they didn't understand Maybe they didn't understand. That would be the next logical sequence. And in fact, if you stuck me in a foreign language class, since I don't speak a foreign language, I'm going to be lost. I'm going to hear, right? I'm going to hear. But... I'm going to be lost. I'm not going to understand. That would be the logical question. Well, maybe they heard, but they didn't understand. This is what Paul deals with next. Look at verse 19 as he deals with this. But I say, did Israel not know? In other words, but I say, did Israel not understand? That's what Paul's writing here. And he quotes the song of Moses From Deuteronomy 31, it says, First Moses says, I will provoke you to jealousy by those who are not a nation. I will move you to anger by a foolish nation. In other words, as he brings up the Gentiles in relationship to the Hebrews, the Israel's nation heard. The Israelites heard. The Israelites understood. God worked through the Gentiles who were not a nation and had no understanding. The Hebrews understood, the Gentiles did not. The Jews heard and they also understood. He goes on and he quotes Isaiah. But Isaiah is very bold and says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I was made manifest to those who did not ask for me. And in our modern world, people will say, well, you know, if people could just hear and understand. If people could just hear and understand, they'd accept the gospel. Didn't work with the Hebrews. We have them as an example. Hearing and understanding some knowledge. They had a knowledge, but it wasn't a saving knowledge, was it? They had a knowledge of God, but it wasn't a saving knowledge. So what's the problem? If they were presented the word and they understood the word, what's the problem? Well, Paul tells us in Romans 10, 21, that to Israel, he says, all day long I have stretched out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. They heard They understood what was presented to them, but they would not accept. They would not accept. So if they heard and they understood, what's the real issue? The real issue is is they were disobedient. They were disobedient. And I want to point something out in our focal passage because I think it's important as we live in a world that has a very cheap presentation of the gospel. the modern day belief of the gospel is, is if you acknowledge Christ that he existed, that you'll be saved. But look at Romans 10:16 but they have not all obeyed obeyed the gospel. Look at 10.21 as he describes Israel and says they are a disobedient people. What did Israel lack? Israel lacked transformation. Because that's really salvation, isn't it? As we think about What salvation is, salvation is a transformation of man. That's what salvation is. Salvation isn't historically acknowledging the existence of Jesus Christ. In fact, there are historians who are absolute atheists who will tell you that yes, Jesus Christ existed as a person. That is not salvation. Salvation is transformation to where we become obedient to the ways and teachings of God. Turn with me to Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, 17. As Paul wrote the church at Ephesus, he said, This I say, therefore, in testifying the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk." in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. But have you not so learned Christ? If indeed you have heard Him and have been taught by Him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust and the renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. I want to point out a couple of things about those verses that I think are appropriate as we think about Israel hearing and understanding but yet rejecting. And what happens when we as believers truly hear and accept. First of all, if you look at verse 18, Paul mentions the life of God, being alienated from the life of God. And that's really what it means to be lost, isn't it? Ever since Adam and Eve chose to disobey God, man has been alienated from the life of God. Becoming a Christian isn't about being good at a history lesson. Becoming a Christian means that you are walking with the Lord in the life of God. Your salvation is about your life. It isn't about an event or an acknowledgement of who Jesus is historically. And as it relates to our focal passage, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Look at verse 20 in Ephesians 4. But you have not so learned Christ if... What he's saying here is if you're a believer. But you have not so learned Christ if indeed you have heard Him... Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of the Lord. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off. You put off concerning your former conduct. That's the first step of salvation, isn't it? That we repent, we repent, we turn, We turn from our old ways and we turn towards Christ that we put off our former conduct. Verse 24 says, we put on. You put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. This is salvation. And this is what the Hebrews didn't want. They didn't want it. They weren't interested in it. They were happy in their sin. Because Christ calls us to leave our old life and embrace Him in our new life. Salvation is transformation. They heard it. They understood it. But they rejected it. And let me say one more thing before I leave Ephesians 4. It never stops because Ephesians 4.23 says, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. He's renewing us, isn't He? He's transforming us. He's sanctifying us. He's changing us. And if you've ever witnessed someone come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and you watch them in their life, you will see God work in their life as He continues to just remove thing after thing after thing that doesn't reflect his ways, he's sanctifying that believer through the power of his Spirit. And it never stops. They heard, they understood the offer, and they weren't interested in it. They loved their sin. Isn't this why anyone rejects? Hasn't changed. Whether you're a Hebrew or a Gentile. And I know we've been talking about predestination a lot. And some people get bent out of shape thinking that God chooses. The natural man's at enmity with God. The natural man's not going to choose God. God chooses us. But if you really think that man has a free will in his salvation, that free will involves the rejection of God. And you see it here with the Hebrews. They heard, they understood, they rejected. Why? Because they loved their sin. They loved their sin. As I was preparing my message, it reminded me of the words of Christ in John 3 verse 18, it says, he who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. Men loved darkness rather than the light. That's what we're dealing with today. We're dealing with a society that loves the darkness. They love the darkness. They don't want to come to the light. As they approach the light, their sins are exposed, and we know who they are. This is why the Word has to be preached because it's only through the preaching in the evangelism of His saints that people come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. It's through the Spirit. It's through the Spirit. I remember one time I was with someone at a restaurant and the owner of the restaurant came up and told an absolutely improper joke. And my friend that was sitting at the table said, I'd like to introduce you to Pastor Monty Bird." I've never seen somebody get away from that table as quickly as, as they, they could. And you've had encounters of that when people know that you are a believer When people know that you stand for Christ, they start distancing themselves. They don't want to be around you. And the more you stand and you proclaim the truth of God, your lost friends are either going to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ or they're going to depart from you. That's just how it works. Because they love the darkness. And every time you come and stand before them as an ambassador of Christ, you remind them of their sin. But we've got to take a stand. And in taking that stand, we've got to recognize that most people are going to reject I know some people who will get really excited about, oh, I'm going to go share my faith and, and I'm going to go out and I'm going to witness to my friends and I'm going to tell my friends about Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell my family members about Jesus Christ. And then, unfortunately, they get so discouraged. They think they're going to go and share and everybody's going to accept. It doesn't work that way. But I also want to point something out to you. If you think about the Great Commission, it doesn't come with a quota system, does it? There's no minimum. It just tells you to go be obedient. It doesn't say that you've got to save five people a year or ten people a year. You're just the ambassador. You're the ambassador. And to be an effective ambassador, you have to realize that most people will reject because they love their sin. It's only of those of us who have been given the grace of God. Because if you remember in our focal passage, it says that we as Gentiles, we weren't looking for God. We weren't looking for him. But God revealed himself to us, didn't he? And through his grace, we accepted him. And that's how God works in each and every one of us. Was Paul looking for God? Was Abraham looking for God? We weren't looking for God either, were we? And yet through God's grace, we found Him. All we need to do is proclaim and recognize and not get discouraged that people will reject because they love their own sin and they do not want to depart from it. Join me in prayer, please. Father, we thank you for this wonderful truth. And I pray, Lord, that we would recognize that in our evangelism efforts, that it's you that choose. You choose, not us. But I pray, Lord, that we'd be faithful in sharing our faith. I pray, Lord, that you might use this church and our community in sharing our faith. I pray that, our nation might turn to you and that we might have a revival that's built upon your truth and your word. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you for joining us as Pastor Bird continues this sermon series. If you wish to hear more, you may find him at millcreekchurch.org or go to sermonaudio.com Slash Mill Creek Church. Prayer requests may also be left at MillCreekChurch.org. Our church services are as follows: Sunday morning Bible study is at 9 a.m., followed by our worship service at 10 a.m. We have Wednesday night prayer meeting and Bible study, and they are at 6:30 p.m. For more information and our mission statement, please visit our website, MillCreekChurch.org.